Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a warm uh, episode of the very special... Well, well, let's start that again. Good afternoon, everyone, and a warm welcome to our latest very special episode of QuickBooks Labs. QuickBooks Labs, a fortnightly vlogcast designed to be the place to learn all about the world of QuickBooks and other accounting software. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Patrick, a chartered accountant, owner of a county firm called Boffix, a certified UK trainer from Intuit with a fancy new logo, and that QuickBooks chat on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is our co-host, the one and only Ash. How are you doing, Ash? Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, it's warm. It's actually it's warmed up uh, in here because it's been freezing outside because there is some snow. It's actually thawing out that we did have some snow. I had a miniature snow drift to my back door. Um, but actually, well, all of six inches of, I think, of the snow drift to the back door of my house, but it's, uh, yeah, it's gone now. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, off of the snow. Uh, so my name's Ash, uh, bookkeeper, accountant, software developer. Also got a little YouTube channel, QuickBooks Tips in 60 seconds. Uh, so Aaron, what have we got for today? Yeah, so we've got quite a bit that's coming up today. First of all, let's just go through exactly what it is that this is all about. So how does this show all work? Well, we're going to be putting ourselves live to the YouTubes and Facebook at our it's not quite regular time, but at the moment, 4.30, normally 4 p.m. is our regular time. And we go live every other Tuesday, and that's 10 a.m. U.S. Central Time. So if you listen to this back at a later time, why not think about joining us live? That way you can get involved with the show and ask us anything using the chat box. So if you look on the right-hand side there, you'll notice there's a little chat box for you to ask your burning questions that you may have. Furthermore, we're now live on the podcasting services around the globe, and feel free to subscribe on our podcasting service of choice so speaking of agenda ash what what, what we got today so i think we're going to have a little talk about the uh, uh, cis the domestic reverse charge code for vat for construction because everyone's been screaming about it over the various accounting forums um a little bit of a uh, chat about one that's been acquired by intuit as well uh, and I'm sure I might chuck in a, a tip a little bit later on. Perfect, perfect. And we will actually look at those project manager answers as well because it might be a little bit interesting to see what uh, answers came back. I know you've definitely got a few opinions on some of them as we go along. Uh, so yeah. first of all, <laughs> get ready to get your teeth into that. But first of all, CIS VAT code, and it's been, well, if you look at the forums at any point in time at this moment, then one of the many questions that happens on an hour-by-hour basis is where are the codes and what are happening to them. Before we talk about the codes themselves, let's just explain what it is that's happening. So on the 1st of March, 2021, which has actually been delayed, it was supposed to happen this time last year, so 1st of March 2020, um, there's going to be a big change to the way that VAT is handled for CIS clients. So if you have CIS clients or if you are a CIS um, uh, accountant uh, uh, client yourself and you're dealing with CIS, then the way that you deal with VAT is going to drastically change going forward. Now, there's a lot of rules and regulations in terms of what services are uh, able to apply this new rule and whatnot. And the best advice for that is just to go and look at HMRC's guidance. They do a really good breakdown of all the different services that are going to apply to this new rule and which ones aren't. But effectively, though, if you're selling services, so most of the CIS kind of standard CIS work, so building of a, of a building and everything else, if you are going to be pro providing that type of work, then the way you deal with VAT is going to change. So Previously, as in today, as in before we get to the 1st of March, the way you would deal with it is just like any other business, you would add on your VAT at that point, and then you'd be able to uh, pay it over when, when you get paid, and it will just be a standard VAT. The way that it's going to go working going forward, though, is if your service and, and what you're selling qualifies, then instead of having to add VAT on at the time of selling, you get to do what's called a reverse charge. Therefore, you don't have to add the VAT on, but you still need to declare that it's reverse charge. And that means then that the person buying off you will need to account for it on their tax return without claiming it back. Sounds really, really complicated, but I promise once you've done it a couple of times, you will understand. And if you've ever been involved in any EU type of work in the reverse charge there, uh, uh, buying and selling from the EU, you'll know exactly what it all means. 
But the problem that we've got at the moment, though, is a lot of people are concerned that the VAT codes that need to be able to do this aren't live yet in product. And as of today, they are not currently live. But we know that they are coming. We know roughly how they're going to work and what's kind of going to happen with them. So it's just a case really of wait and see and see how it comes along. Now, a few things to kind of note about it or a few kind of uh, public service PSAs to kind of get yourself understanding exactly how to make it work well for you is first of all make sure you are using the CIS module within QuickBooks. We don't know for sure, but we can we can kind of assume that to get the most out of all of these new VAT codes, you're going to have to be using the CIS module with it um, because when you turn on the CIS module, you get a few little extra bells and whistles within QuickBooks. It helps you record CIS and helps you deal with CIS in a more efficient way. So expect that the VAT codes to kind of follow suit and go in with that. So do make sure that you're kind of um, using CIS as it is and make sure that you're understanding how that works. Um, and then basically the way that I would kind of, or the way that we've been approaching it in, in our practice and how we did a video of it on it that got released today is that the most important thing at that point, I would say, is that when it comes to those VAT codes is just understand how the mechanism of those VAT codes work. Um, the way that they kind of uh, have been shown to us and we've seen them working is that there will be a particular VAT code for that particular scheme and you'll be able to utilize that VAT code and that will then activate the option for you not having to add that VAT on. Now, one of the other things just to be, be aware of is that with this VAT code being used, one of the things HMRC have said is they would want you to show a particular um, statement that's on your invoices going forward basically you telling the person who's using that invoice who's going to account for that in their accounts that you are using the reverse charge on it now that particular word and everything is on hmrc's guidance so again if you just go to hmrc reverse charge cis you'll see there's um, all the links there but if you do look at my latest video that i've done on cis you'll see that i i, I linked that um uh, bit as well so that you're all aware of it and one of the things that we have been doing uh, in our firm to prepare for it is getting ourselves comfortable with products and services. So if you've ever used products and services in QuickBooks, you'll know that you, at that point, when you create a product and service, you can actually set it up so that they or the person using that product and service can actually have a default VAT code. Therefore, it makes sense for you to create or to link your products and services to IS ones to these new VAT codes when they go live. So yeah, it's all coming. It's all going to be ready for us by the 1st of March. Um, we just need to sit tight and wait, but it is something that is going to be there. What do you think to that one? Ash, there's not, not really much more to say. Is yeah, there I, I think, um, you know, and I was uh, I was trying to badger um, somebody in Intuit about it yesterday through LinkedIn, uh, probably uh, uh, enjoying me sending in the messages. And I can understand why... Um, they're holding back maybe to 1st of March because that's when we need to start using it. I fully yeah. understand that. But from a an accountant's point of view, um, you know, sometimes you like to understand how it works before the actual day, uh, especially if you need to sort of train your client uh, or give them a little heads up as, you know, to say in two weeks' time, you'll need to do this. But instead, at the moment, it's sitting uh, when that happens you'll say, have to say, as of now, <laughs> to furiously emailing everybody on the day it happens. I don't think it's going to be overly complicated. You know, it's going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, I think there's some huge benefits, actually, for the subcontractors, um, because I know some, some small businesses, you know, sometimes actually almost use that VAT uh, to fund their cash flow. Uh, so, well, I say advantage and disadvantage. Um, there's the uh, maybe... A, uh, a little bit of immediate disadvantage if they're used to using that cash but moving forward at least they know that the money they've received in their bank is theirs most of it hopefully uh, and not you know something they've got to pay across to hmrc so yeah i think it's uh, it's all good um and i think it'll actually you know it'll help people moving forward yeah, I think my my biggest kind of thing I'm saying I've been telling people as as I go along though is the advantage we've got is that we're using cloud technology, we're using QuickBooks, you know, and, and imagine this happened five years ago before we had the opportunity to do it all online. We'd have to, you know, 
if you're using Sage or whatever desktop package they do, you'd have to go to each individual client to set it up or set it going or try and get some guidance to them or whatever you need to do to get it ready for, for them. But we've got the advantage here of because it's online, what we've taken the decision to do in our practice is that when it does go live, we're just going to make sure that those products and services are all set up correctly and that the VAT is connected correctly. And then we can train our clients to use it from there. So because we've got that opportunity to jump into a file and do the adjustments and make sure they're compliant, I think we're in a better position than we've ever been before in terms of new things having to, you know, new statutory requirements and everything else that comes with it. So, you know, I think it is going to, we're in a better place than that. And, you know, I, I think overall you're right. I think there is kind of advantages and disadvantages for the subcontractor, but it will be better for them once they've got over that cash flow issue because that's one less thing for them to worry about, isn't it, in terms of the VAT and having to pay it over. Because most of them should should be in a position or some of them will be in a position where they actually get a refund every month. Yeah, I was thinking exactly the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so that would be quite a nice thing for them. And it might even be a case where – There'll be a lot of subcontractors out there that it makes sense for them to go back registered now. So they're in that refund position and, and everything yeah. that's with it. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be, um, it, I can understand the frustration. I can understand people being worried about it. But I think, you know, it's one of those where it will go live on the 1st of March. And, yeah, by that point, we'll, we'll be able to just make sure we use them and go forward. And to be fair, you know, we didn't get that much more notice for the um, Brexit transition and how that worked and the PVA and everything else that went with that. And it tends to tend to have been okay. It's, there's not been many kind of issues with it, if you like. So I'm sure you know from a software point of view how, you know, it may seem like a simple change, but it's never that simple, is no, it? No, that, no. Believe me, what you think is something going to be quite straightforward. Uh, can create quite a lot of work. <laughs> exactly. well, luckily, I don't have to do that. Someone else does it, but I, I've been told. <laughs> yeah. Countless times. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, wonderful. So, Ash, what's going over in the world of one SaaS? And I'm going to say one SaaS very carefully there because uh, apparently I've been saying the wrong uh, company for the past <laughs> week or so. Yes, one SaaS, yes, yeah, software as a service. So, Intuit have purchased this uh, company, OneSaaS, um, which deals with a, a lot of e-commerce. And you probably know a lot more about this than uh, the me, Aaron, is that, you know, helping a lot of your clients um, dealing with a lot of different e-commerce platforms. But I think Intuit are definitely moving in that position where they want to help the small business that has a lot of automation, especially in this day and age where, uh, a lot of purchases have been acquired online, so from the likes of you know, eBay sales and Shopify sales and uh, all of the others. I can't remember the names, but there's quite a few. Um, and it does make sense for Intuit to be involved with that and trying to automate as much uh, of the data as possible. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's a really interesting kind of environment that we're in at the moment when it comes to all those e-commerce um, platforms. So to kind of give a bit of a um, an insight into how complicated it can be, um, at the moment, one of the biggest difficulties people have got is that disconnect between what they've received in their bank account to what they've actually sold. Because most of these um, uh, uh, providers or these um, e-commerce platforms, they'll have some sort of fee structure where it, they'll basically pay you net of after all their fees and everything else that's been accounted for. So most of kind of the difficulty with clients at the moment is that whole grossing up and putting it in. And I know we on like the advanced course and stuff, we try and cover it, don't we? And we try and do verticals in, as in for Intuit training, we try and do verticals to cover it and everything else. But it is, it's a complex area, isn't it, Ash? Yeah, I mean, we um, yeah, we were covering it uh, at one point in the advanced education with the PayPal, you know, different scenarios, because even even something as simple as just dealing with a PayPal bank account uh, can create headaches for numerous reasons, different currencies, and like you just mentioned, charges being deducted. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So, so a relatively straightforward transaction uh, is creating a lot, lot more work than what a business user wants to have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I was surprised at some of the backlash that 
QuickBooks was getting over and it's especially in the circles that I'm kind of involved in. Um, a lot of people are upset that because I kind of brought this news up as this is a positive thing, this positive change. Um, Intuit buying it means that they're going to be taking it more seriously. They're going to be bringing hopefully in-house in some capacity. Um, there may be some extra fees involved that we don't know, but at least that means that that functionality should be coming into the product as a kind of core solution. But a lot of people was was upset the fact that, that, that it's not already there, that they kind of almost ex expected it to be there. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it's kind of part and parcel of the ecosystem, isn't it? It's always been part of the app ecosystem. So, you know, I think it's a little bit unfair that QuickBooks is getting slack for not, or, or you know, getting attacked for not already having it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think there is, and I, I have to look at this from an app developer's point of view as well, that um, it can be very easy for everybody to say, oh, this should be in there and it should be free and it shouldn't have to cost me any money. Um, but what you have to, people have to measure up is that, okay, you want this functionality, which is now probably going to reduce your workload by two thirds, perhaps even more if you've got thousands of transactions and you're having to spend you know, a couple of days trying to work out how to do it all. And then now you've got something in there which could probably, well, basically automate it, do it all for you. Then, you know, that's obviously got a value and, you know, you should be willing to sort of, you know, pay whatever it is, you know, to get that work done for you because you're not, you know, having to pay someone else to do it. And you've now got free time. So you're able to actually, you know, probably do something else, you know, win more business because you're not having to faff about doing these little menial tasks, which are taking up, you know, much, much too much time. Yeah, completely. And I think the, the, the I think the, the beauty of this acquisition is the fact that there are already kind of competitors out there. So there's Link My Books, which is making a quite a big splash at the moment in terms of being able to do this functionality for people. So the idea of connecting your eBay to QuickBooks or eBay to Zero, or whatever you need to do, um, and, and Amazon and, and, and the other platforms as well. And there's also um, um, an opportunity for um, Schneider as well. They're, they're involved as well. They're doing a similar sort of thing. So again, they're, they're, they're connecting it. And I know OneSAS were always there and they were always kind of in that in that system and, and, and in that ecosystem. And, and they were always someone that was, you know, well thought out in terms of the app and how it's going to integrate and everything else. But I think the beauty of, 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 of any of these acquisitions is the fact that what should happen and what we hope has happened is it actually comes into product itself. So what you should find is a much deeper integration. Whereas the app as, as themselves work flawlessly and I love the kind of interactions with them and everything else. But ultimately what they do is they just create the transaction in QuickBooks. Whereas hopefully with this, it should give you an opportunity to directly connect QuickBooks to whatever the platform is going to be. And I think that's that's quite an exciting way. And when we look at, um, at what we look, saw at QuickBooks um, Connect in USA, so when they did their annual um, conference a couple of months back, and we, we covered it on the show, um, it's quite exciting because they've already talked about how the Amazon integration might look and how that's going to start bringing in more information. So it should hopefully give us an opportunity to have a deeper integration, a deeper, you know, a better kind of um, connectivity, which could only hopefully mean that we're going to get more data going into QuickBooks. It's going to make it more relevant and a more streamlined experience, is hope. But it's quite exciting in that respect, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know from a bit of experience, uh, a few years ago, I had to sort of, um, you know, dip in and out of an Amazon account. And the reporting was, absolutely, you know, for the size of the company, uh, trying to get de some decent financial information out of it just seemed impossible. Uh, and from a post I've seen on a recent uh, forum, it could have been on a sort of Canadian QuickBook website, that it was just... It, you know, they were sort of going around in circles trying to work out how to get the information they need. So if they are able to have, you know, a much, you know, tighter integration, you know, direct in, uh, it's only going to be for the good. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I suppose the only question is always going to be like, what's the price implications, how that's going to be brought in and everything else. So that'd be an interesting to see how they go. Um, but we know now, I mean, they brought, oh, oh yeah, uh, 
what they call it now, um, the, the snapping feature, um, the, the take, take photos feature. Um, they brought that into play and uh, they didn't charge us a penny for it. So possibly, maybe. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, you know, that's a fantastic uh, extra feature in there. I do think maybe, um, you know, that we've got, or we know it's coming because it's already there in the uh, in the US. There's the the QuickBooks Advanced. So at the moment we've got you know self-employed, standalone, and we've got the Simple Start Essentials Plus. Um, and then I'm sure before long, I think we should have had it by now, but it's obviously been uh, extended a bit. We should get the Advanced. Um, now I did notice when I've uh, sort of done a little bit of digging on uh, the US site that. Now, in the advanced in the US, um, you know, they're limited actually on how many users, even at the advanced level, you know, up to, you know, maximum 25 users per company. Well, at the moment, we're unlimited. Um, and with the other versions, the, you know, the plus and the, you know, you're, you've got limits on how many chart of account categories, how many yeah. transactions, basically. Uh, and if you are growing, you know, you're a, a larger business, then you're probably going to have to plumb for the advanced one uh, and you will have to pay for it. And I can understand that because, you know, if you are, you know, on one of these e-commerce sites and you're doing very well and you're selling a lot of stuff, uh, that can be a lot of transactions, you know, that, that could be, you know, going through uh, and that's probably going to take up more data and it's going to take more time. So, you know, it's going to be a, a, a bit of a heavier charge on there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to, they're going to have to, I, I do hope it's not just in the advanced um, functionality, but we'll, we'll see. Because um, I think for smaller businesses, I think they'll really benefit from just, even if they've got, you know, a handful of transactions going in. Just, <laughs> I know for a fact that the headache they get already from having to gross up their sales will just be, be sold. But, you know, there's other solutions on the market and they are pretty cost effective, to be fair. I know I'm doing some um I'm doing some videos for them in terms of the link my books and Schneider and see, you know, which one comes out best on that one. So we shall see uh, as we go forward. Um brilliant. So um back over to, to myself now, isn't it? Um the product manager answers your QuickBooks VAT questions. So we we spoke a little bit about this at the very beginning and how this kind of um, affects and comes in and and everything else and that you you kind of um, kind of brought in there Ash how um, some of the questions were skirted around a little bit so to say weren't they? Uh, yeah, a little well, I wouldn't say skirted around. Obviously, just wasn't really quite answered how that I uh, would answer them. Uh, but in the in the defence of the person that answered the question. Yeah. Um, they have half co correct, you know, they've just said, yeah, this is how you reconcile a balance sheet account, but maybe just not fully understood the question that's come from an account. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose you do get this when you, when you are answering questions on a kind of live format sort of thing, you don't get the full story, do you? It's just a case of you've thrown these questions at them and kind of go from there. So what I thought I'd do is I'll go through some of the questions. In fact, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll bring it up on screen and um, have a quick look at, what answers or what questions they gave because what i do like is the fact that it is giving us some indication of of, um, of the product and, and how it is and the kind of state of it at the moment um and they were quite honest in terms of um of kind of what needs to be changed and what what needs to be looked at and everything else so let me just make the screen a little bit bigger Okay, then. So, well, the first question that was asked is, can you show us how to reconcile the VAT control account for cash accounting? And I think this is the one where you, you mentioned <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> so, This is where I just sort of said, I need to hammer them because this is not what the accountant wants. Because we all know how to reconcile a bank account. Um, uh, this is basically what it's asking us to do here, reconcile the VAT. Uh, we do know that uh, what uh, an accountant wants is, you know, here is my... I've got a list of unpaid customers. I've got a list of unpaid suppliers. Um, what are the cash, what's the unpaid values on there? Uh, and how does it all tie in with, you know, what's on the VAT control account? You know, what am I going to submit on my next return? And that should be the difference, you know, what's unpaid. Um, yeah. So that's, 
not available yet. I think it's something that's going to be worked on. That I have got a video. I've got a video. It's been there since 2017. Um, so we've got all we need to do is literally Google uh, how we have what do we call it? QuickBooks Online reconciling VAT on cash basis. Uh, if you Google that and pop, even just pop my name against it, uh, you'll find it. Uh, if you want, you know, a quick workaround for now. Uh, until something is in there to help you. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, we're really happy about, and I can't believe it's taken this long, but we're really happy about that new report that's coming. It's been, it's uh, one of those where I think if we could have kind of reset like priorities and stuff, that would have been one of the first ones that would have uh, been been developed and, and brought out. But it it is important because I think, and, and I don't know why, um, why it's not looked into it as much detail, but I find that reconciling that, that VAT account is something that not a lot of people or not enough people in my mind do, but it's so important, isn't it? Even though we're using this software and we, 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 most of the time it's hundred percent right, but it is, it is easy enough for it to go adrift and have some issues and have some problems. So yeah. just having that reconciliation is just so important, isn't it? And having the reports to help you do that is going to be a um, quite an Im- important way of doing it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that report to be in, and then then that question can be fully answered. Um, number two, what is your, what is happening with VAT and QuickBooks Online presents with regards to showing the incorrect period? If you want sign, if you want the one signed up for MTD, have you have you had any MTD um, uh, workings in the live capacity yet? Or I've I've come across a couple of, of you know of sort of queries about problems with MTD. Um, it's not actually really affected me. I mean, even though I'm, I'm sort of wound down my practice, the, the, the company I I help are still part of a group with, you know, so three different companies, three different VAT. Uh, and yeah. I, well, I've not had any issues at all. Um, and I found even when I did, I say not at all, uh, I did have one where by accident um, the 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 accountant that does the year-end stuff had basically taken ownership of like the VAT. So I yep. went to do the VAT return and I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, so I had to basically, you know, log back into HMRC and get it all disconnected and then put myself back on as the advisor. Um, but that that's pretty much it. And I didn't have any issues. Um, you know, I, I think I, I saw mm-hmm. something on one of the forums the other day where they were having issues uh, and I think sometimes you have to actually disconnect everything and then log on to the HMRC portal and make yeah. sure there's a little option in there, isn't there, to Because it might say that you're connected to QuickBooks, even though QuickBooks says you're not. So you basically need to disallow it back in the HMRC portal and then try and start again. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, we, we, we tend to have to do that every two weeks or so for whatever reason. There's always a client that's had the same issue and it's just a case of doing that. And I don't think it's kind of QuickBooks per se's issue. I think it's just making tax digital and the way that it's kind of been set up and the, the links and everything else that goes with it from what from what we've been told anyway. So, yeah, it's frustrating, but it, there is a, um, a solution for it. But I do think that HMRC could help in this regard. So the biggest problem we've had is that sometimes we're just not aware of what the VAT period should be. Um, so, you know, getting your start date or whatever it's going to be because, you know, maybe we've taken over a client who's registered themselves or whatever. Whereas before with the VAT, you could just log in with a 648 to HMRC portal and you could see what VAT periods were there, what was still outstanding, all that sort of stuff. We just don't have that information anymore. And I think that's probably where a lot of these kind of confusion lies because we're so reliant on what's been told to us via the software and if that software is not right we've got no way of saying if it's right or wrong sometimes you know what i mean it's kind of there's a big disconnect there between what data is available to what we kind of use it so i think that could be one of the issues yeah the i mean the only one issue i have recently um i'm not sure whether it's been resolved yet because i've sort of left it with the business owner is that yeah, we've gone, and this again, this is an HMRC issue, not QuickBooks. Yeah. But I had actually gone onto the HMRC's website and deregistered 
because the company yeah. was closing down. So we deregister them for VAT, and then we get the normal message that comes through or no, normal paperwork that says, okay, you'll need to do a final VAT return for maybe one month, you know, the last one. So, you know, that was done uh, and all sorted. And then, you know, uh, uh, and that was the end of last year. Or was it the end of, I think it was, that was the end of 2019. Yeah. They registered because they basically wanted to get, and then sort of, I think it was about June time, we had this letter come through to say you've not filed any VAT returns. Really? No, because we've deregistered for VAT, and actually here's the email that came through to say you're deregistered. <laughs> so something not quite right in HMRC's portal, not yeah. you know, basically joined up correctly. And but but the thing is that them sort of things happen more often than not, and because we can't just log in to see what periods are after, they could have created like a two-day period at the end that people weren't weren't aware of that they, they could do daft things like that and we just don't know anymore do we we just can't see that information so yeah it is it is frustrating but it, that is hopefully something that one day they'll give us access to be able to see that um the next one is why does the vat summary screen break down the list of returns into groups by open submitted filed and paid could it simply be filed and unfiled so ash i mean I think we even, even in the call, we have to we have to point this one out, don't we? We have to create an exercise just to show it as a paid. I mean, do you, do, do you ever use it to that functionality? I mean, you know, what, yeah. what I saw this come up on a forum, and I've got to be honest, where I actually like the way it is. Yeah, because you know you've got a VAT return, um, you need to file it. Yeah, and when you file it, it's filed. Uh, but it's not yet paid. Yeah. So there's the you know there's all very well having a, a filed and unfiled, um, but if you've not yet paid it, surely you want to make sure the one that's not paid is visible. So I, I think this is all just down to you know personal preference and in and really you know how often do you actually look at the VAT center <laughs> to to really cry about it that much? So uh, so sorry for all of those people that would really like it simpler. Uh, but personally, I've got no qualms with that way that it's set up. Harsh, harsh. Now, I think, <laughs> I think just to play devil's advocate, I think the one thing that could make it easier and more beneficial maybe is it if it had some sort of interaction with the bank. So what I mean by that is if you pay, if you haven't marked as paid, because that's, that's the bit that I think frustrates people, you have to mark it as paid and then match it in the bank. If the amount is just paid in the bank, you should just be able to mark it as paid from there, if that makes any sense. Um, match it to whatever's outstanding at, at that point. And I think the reason that would be so beneficial is then you'll be able to go to that list and see what has been paid and not paid. Because most of the time people pay by direct debit. So there's no kind of, I'm going to pay that, or I've paid, I've made that payment, let's mark it in. It's a case of, you know, it, 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 it's there. So possibly... Yeah, I completely agree that I can understand the pain point on that. Um, and I guess what I don't understand thinking as a, as a programmer, even though I'm not the person that does all the coding, is why isn't there a piece of code that says, you know, because you've got one piece of code in the banking that says, is there a customer that has a balance outstanding? Yeah. You know, obviously somewhere, if there is, it comes through, it comes with a match. Why isn't there one that says, is there a tax value with a balance outstanding? Yeah. And if there is, you know, pay tax. You know, uh, to me, that doesn't seem overly complicated. I'm sure it, there's probably a lot more buttons and coding to go through yep. to, to get to that. But uh, it re that really, you know, I think that really should be addressed, you know, sooner rather than later. And especially when we start seeing people, you know, in years to come, you know, filing tax returns and stuff, you know, that come, comes up with an open balance, you know, because, you know, I know it's uh, self-assessment for for sole traders, but at some point there's likely to be self-assessment corporation tax. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I'm not sort of giving, yeah. giving anything away. I've not been told that. I'm just, I'm just guessing, you know, that's what I would uh, imagine. You start yeah. off from one and then you literally move down the, you know, 
partnerships and all sorts, you know, what are you going to expect to be able to file your tax return for QuickBooks? And if you do that, you want to mark it as paid, don't you? And yeah. usually for the bank fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they even have that disconnect now because it's in self uh, QuickBooks self-employed. And countless questions I've had. Well, what do I do with my payment I've made to uh, to um, QuickBook uh, to HMRC for my self assessment? Because the first year they've ever had, they've had this payment. They don't know what to do with it. And QuickBooks yeah. isn't saying, "Oh, this is your self assessment. Just you know, market is paid or whatever." That's just left there as a transaction for us to do. And yeah, it's, you know, we we know what to do. It's quite. It seems quite obvious when you get told. But just being, you know. QuickBooks should see that transaction and because and, they're expecting it, and it should just be a case of markets paid. But yeah, you know, that's that's just the way it is at the moment, I think. But yeah, it, it is one of those where I I I was always like, surely I don't have to actually mark it as paid. Yeah, that section. yeah, yeah. So I do understand on that that one of you get. Uh, so if you if there was literally a, a little tick, if you've already put the banking to that suspense, just yeah. to be able to say this is paid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and I completely agree. I like the breakdown of the paid, not paid, filed and all that. Like, I think that's a great, great solution. It's just that I, I don't know any client that uses it because they don't they don't go in and mark it as paid and, and do it from there. So, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, but, 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 but. So, I mean, we'll skip the why are we able to submit, submit FRS VAT return through spreadsheet and QuickBooks? You know, unfortunately, you can't. But you know, I, I don't know if that affects too many people. Um, I think flat rate scheme is actually quite well uh, implemented in QuickBooks itself. So, I assume most people can just use the QuickBooks itself. I don't. I can't think of a scenario where that would be cause issues. Can you? No, no, I, I not really. I can't. I'm not on that one. No. Uh, what about will QuickBooks automatically bring in the new codes to? if there is a facility to import them. So this is talking about VAT codes and the and bringing in the import and everything else. We've already brought on that. And this is just clarification there that that reverse charge will be in by the 1st of March. And yeah. I promise you that's 2021 though. <laughs> Not 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can we have the ability to match a VAT payment from the bank feed to the last oh, okay. VAT return? The current system requires a manual payment. To the, we've just talked about that one. That's brilliant. Um, and then they go back on the CIS one, and then the final one, just to bring in, is the date of the VAT of the journal posted when filing a VAT return. Uh, should this uh, should be the VAT period end date and not the date at which the return was filed? What's your opinion on this one? Um, I suppose I'm slightly mixed, you know, if I'm honest, because if you think about it, um, on the balance sheet, it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. You know, because you're just moving it from one balance sheet account to another and literally grouped in exactly the same place. And what is the day that you actually filed the VAT return on that day? So that is the day that that journal is entered. As far as I'm concerned, it should be that day. Um, it reflects the day that you did it. Uh, so I'm sort of half and half. It makes absolutely no odds to me. Um you know, if people are that upset about it, just click on the last last entry and change the date of the journal. I don't think you can though. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think it comes up, it blocks it, doesn't it? If you try no, and change. no, you can you can change the date of the journal. Oh, you date. can change. The, oh, because yeah. it's standard okay. journal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the adjustment one you can't change. Isn't yeah, it? But, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's one of those. I think it's just as accountants, we love seeing that zero, don't we? So we love going to the. The balance has that the the period end and it comes back to zero and it doesn't quite. And if we have to reconcile, if we're using the reconciliation option, you've got to do that one extra click to get it in there. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I can kind of get, get get why that's frustrating. But yeah, it is probably just like that because it's the way that the system is. Because if you think about the way that the recurring transactions and everything else work. There is no way to automatically post something in a previous period at the moment, is there? So that might have something to do with it, the fact that they're not able to put a previous date in. Because if you think of all their automation settings, nothing allows them to backdate anything, does it? So, Yeah, it could be. Uh, it, I mean, it could be a number of things. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's – I think it would probably be – 
uh, from a coding point of view, I think that would actually be quite difficult to actually get it to have it coded on the day of the last return. Yeah. Uh, and because you know people might change their VAT return dates, and you know there could be a lot of stuff going yeah. on in the background that it would affect that. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. Yeah, so it, it it's an interesting one, but I think yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I mean like you said, it, the easiest way would just be to change it yourself if that is the issue, um, and go from there. Cool, but now I thought that was a really good. Um, so this is Jack. So I don't know if you've ever seen Jack on uh, social media, but this was one of his. He was one who set it all up, and he was asking for questions to be fed in. Um, I know he's looking to do another one of these soon, so do keep an eye out for this. Ask me anything interview, um, and then they can throw questions at them and and get your questions sorted, or you can bring the questions in here. So um, first of all. Um, let me try and uh, stop the share screen. So, Ash, have you got a, a wonderful tip for us to go through? A little tip of the week. Um, let me let me get stuff back logged in. Um, I'll just do a quick refresh in case it doesn't shut me out of this QuickBooks file again, which it did do, so I'm glad I did that. This will be a very quick one, um, and it's uh, this time it was on multi currency because I sort of I, I answered it on a on a Facebook oh, one, this. Uh, yesterday, um, and I thought I'll just quickly cover it today. Um, it should literally take me, but if I did it on the video, it could take me sixty seconds, but I'll probably be <laughs> a few more seconds than that. Just, uh, let me get my stopwatch out. Is that just, how we let, <laughs> just let me get my. Uh, cookbooks open. 60 seconds starts now. <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll bring it into view. All right. Let me share screens. Brilliant. Share screen. Oh, there we go. There we go. Still not coming. Oh, here it is. There we are. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to close a few of these. I've got a lot of browsers outstanding uh, open. I'm going to close some of these down. I don't know whether that's just. Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems to slow down a little bit. So let me just get some of these. There we are. Sorted. Out of the way. Uh, probably just make things run a little bit quicker. All right, so I'm just going to pop into uh, into banking. Yep. And again, it's going to take a second or two to open. Uh, if I look at this, let's say I'm using multi-currency and uh, I've got a US dollar bank account and I've got a payment coming out of here, um, which is now if this was a payment to a US supplier, um, I could probably go in and, uh, and mash it uh, just like we do normally. Um, so when we are dealing with a foreign bank account, uh, we can only match the transactions if they're in that same currency. If I'm dealing with my home currency bank, the, you know, if I'm dealing with sterling, I can look for transactions which are in sterling. I can look for transactions which are in other currencies. But if I'm dealing with a foreign bank account, um, it needs to be the same currency. Now, if I have paid that French supplier out of a US dollar bank account, even if I were to, so let me go to suppliers. Supplier in euros, with uh, imaginatively named. I'm going to say. <laughs> um, now, if I try to pay that supplier, so if I let's say make payment, so then it's gone out of the US dollar bank account. So I'm just going to choose make payment. 
that I'll, I could pay both of them. So if I went to use the US dollar account, which is where the money has gone out, try save and close, I should get a message. I can't use that currency. Transactions can only have one different foreign currency at the same time. So it's not going out of my sterling account, so I'll have to use a little Contra account. So this Contra account is just one that I'm going to use. It's just a, uh, a dummy bank account, if you like, but I've set it up in, in pounds. I've got to change the date. I can't remember what date I used. I think it was about the 15th of October. I put the 10th of October. So that works out at £1,800, uh, €2,000. Same close. Now, the actual transaction that's gone out of the bank, I won't be able to match it because I've coded it to a different bank account. So I'll treat this as a transfer. So if we call this transfer, so between that contra account and that's you know equated to you know about eighteen hundred pounds within dollars, so I can record that transfer. So I've now created two entries which have adjusted that contra account. And if I were to let's just run a little balance sheet. So look at the balance sheet. We've got about £12 the wrong way. Yeah. So that £12 difference is my exchange rate difference. So all I need to do to basically yeah, get rid of that is pop a little journal in. So let's just... One side it gets the Contra account. Yep. One side it gets the exchange rate gains and losses. Mm -hmm. Putting the money in. I won't bother typing any description in, but you can obviously put in there you know, why you've made the adjustment. Yep. Uh, and then save and close. So that should bring that balance sheet account, this should update. So that should that brings that balance sheet account back down to zero. Uh, extra little tip here is that when you are using basically any Contra or control account, you could just reconcile it. Always to zero. So end of October, start reconciling. Because if you have to deal with this account a lot and it goes out of balance before you're left with a value in there, you, you can very quickly work out what it is. So once you've put a few transactions through it, you know, and it's squared off to zero, just mark everything that you've used and it's all finished and done for the next time you need to use it. So that one is a little bit quicker than 60 seconds, but the video does it in 60 seconds. <laughs> Yeah, what I, what I do as well, what I love using contra accounts for when you put them as cash is they're on your dashboard as well, aren't they? So yeah, you, you kind of take ownership with, well, we, we try and push people to take ownership with what's on their dashboard. So I know you can run your balance sheet, which you, you showed perfectly there, but having it on that dashboard as well yeah. uh, normally gives people a, a thing of going, oh, that should be zero. Why is that, why is that not zero sort of thing? Yeah. So that was quite useful. And you can also put your transaction in there as well. The journal entry works perfectly, but you could also, if you wanted to, you click into there and you could put a, a, a check or a, a payment in there, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll close that down.
Brilliant. It is useful though, because it is one of those things where a lot of people do get caught up on, don't they? About they, they I don't think the home currency gets too much of a um I don't think people are aware of how significant that option is when you move to um multi-currency. So it asks you that question, doesn't it? It comes up with an error message and it says, Are you sure you want to um uh, turn on multi-currency? And the big question is, are you going to uh, have you got the right home currency? I don't think many people kind of twig why that's so important, but that's exactly the reason it's so important, isn't it? Yeah, and, and something else did with multi-currency is that, so I did mention that, uh, and this happened yesterday, is that uh, even though the money might go out of your, you know, your sterling, your GBP account, yeah, um, and you paid someone in dollars, so unlike um, paying a UK uh, supplier you can go and quickly find those bills you won't easily find the bills that match the value because you'll need really to pay that supplier manually first yeah because what quickbooks is trying to do is think well okay you have something that's worth x amount that's gone out of the bank account I'm going to try and look for a transaction which is around that sort of value in pounds. Yeah, it won't actually tot up or look at separate supplier bills, even if they're in a different currency. So pay them first um, using your your bank account, and then you'll be able to come back and find the payment instead of the outstanding bills. Definitely. And, and if you're worried about the um, exchange rate and everything else that goes with it, then you don't need to worry because it recalculates it at each stage, doesn't it? It recalculates it when you manually pay it and then when you allocate it to the bank. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about trying to tie it all up because it should sort itself out. Yeah, which is really, really useful. So, yeah, no, that's a great tip, that one. And it is something where if you are dealing with multi-currency, it is something that um, can, you know, once you've got your head around it and you've, you've seen examples like that, that contra account method works really, really well. So, yeah, we love a good contra account. But I assume you still can't do um, journal entries from uh, from um, uh, another currency, can you? That's still. Oh, yeah, no, you can do. You should be able to. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, uh, bank rules, sorry, I meant to say. Yeah, you can't. Um, yeah, I think it can play a, lot, a little bit bank rules in different currencies. Yeah. They disabled them, didn't they, when they moved over to the new platform? So. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. And with that, then I think we're pretty much to the end of the show today. So, oh, we do have a couple of questions that have come in. Remember, this is your time. If you've got any more questions you want, then put the questions in over over in the question box. We want to make sure that we um, look at the questions as we go along. So we've had a question coming in from um, uh, Inda here, and it says, how can I add the previous balance sheet in QuickBooks? Well, I think one of the things I would suggest you do here is if you have got access, if you're a QuickBooks accountant, then do look at the verticals that we um, that we run as a webinar. We do one that's called Opening Balances, and it's a really good webinar. I mean, it's an hour and a half, maybe two hours, I think it is. Well, some point in, in, I think it's an hour and a half, actually. Um, but they go through in very good detail of how to include an opening balance directly into QuickBooks. Um, if failing that, if you you know if you don't have access to there, there are videos on there. So I know I've got a video on my channel of open balances. I'm pretty sure Ash has got one as well. Yeah, um, I'm just going to have a quick look to see if it's available on the uh, on the UK website while you're just chatting, Aaron. All right, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, to bring it in, but yeah, when it comes to bringing in opening balances, it's all done by uh, journals. Um, there is actually the opportunity to import journals now, so there is that option of um, of, of, of bringing that in. So if you are pretty uh, dab hand at uh, Excel, you you've got the opportunity of bringing it all in, or it's just a case of just writing the uh, the journals in um, for the open balance. We used to cover it in advance, didn't we, uh, Ash? But that's one where we've moved it to a its own dedicated webinar now. Yeah, can I, can I just show my show my screen because yeah. this, this will. Uh help i am sure so let me just do a share screen there we go. excellent so if you if you just go to quick but if you just look, search for quickbooks.co.uk uh, and then you go to the little learn and support area and then take a look under webinars 
and then you can look at watch on-demand webinars and if you scroll down because I've literally just seen it <laughs> I've just uh, uh, gone past it let me just see if I've just gone past it watch on-demand webinars oh we go there it was there. It was right there. In front okay. of yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at on-demand webinars. And there's one there, QuickBooks Online Opening Balances. So, you know, that covers everything. So creating your journals, everything that you should pretty much need to know when setting up your opening balance sheet. So hopefully that will help you. Brilliant. And, yeah, you're right, isn't it? Because it's not just for accountants, that one, was it? That was for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. That, that'll help really well. Yeah, definitely highly recommend that one. Um, it's a great little webinar for you to get that information. Okay, so we've got a couple more um, questions coming through. Kathy, oh, hi, Kathy, how's it going? Um, exciting. Oh, okay, brilliant. So just some comments on how she's also uh, getting the same opinions that we've got. So that's brilliant. Um, and then finally, she says that um, for her, though, um, you can change it exactly right and to have that balance sheet and balances input and output balance suggests late adjustments, which is handy for year end reconciliation. Got a good point there. Um, when it comes to year end reconciliation, if we get those dates right, so this is about the um, date that your the, the journal gets posted for um, VAT and um, uh, from suspense from the payment uh, or from the when you filed it in terms of it not being filed on the date that you actually file it, but the date of the period end then there is a good point there that if you are at the date, you can see if there is any differences you need to account for in the year-end account. So it is something there. If you do reconcile the account, though, that could that could be a solution for you. Um, otherwise, it's like you've already said, you change them so that they're all in line. Perfect. Brilliant. Well, with that, then, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, Ash? I think that's the end of today's um, webinar. Um, what, what What's planned for next time? When, when, when's it due and everything else? Uh, I think just before I say that, I think I'll just say hello to Leanne as well because I think she's. Oh, she, I she, miss she, Leanne. Uh, I think she uh, attends nearly every show, so we must say her, her hello to Leanne. So thanks for joining us. Hi, um, Leanne. For that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, very soon, um, and is it in March? I've, I've missed the date. March, but yeah. we've, um, we've got QuickBooks Connect. Um, which is going to be virtual this year, <laughs> like everything else in the world. And free. Uh, and free. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> virtual and free. Virtually free. <laughs> um, so, 3rd of March. 3rd of March. Well done. I had registered to attend, but I, could, I did not come through on my calendar on my phone. Uh, so with QuickBooks Connect um, almost upon us, uh, We'll see if we can get the old crystal ball out and, you know, what is going to come, what would we like to come, what would we not like to come maybe, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and have a look, uh, you know, think what would, you know, have a good think of what's, and, and then we'll, we can actually maybe the one after that, uh, you know, a month or so after, you know, we can sort of see where our predictions correct. Yeah, we'll make a little competition out of it. So we'll figure out uh, who wins what and everything else that goes with it. So look forward to it. And when is it? 3rd of March, did you say? No, sorry, our show. Oh, <laughs> 23rd of February, we're back. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll find out at that point if we're at 4pm our normal time or if we move to 4 30. Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant. And with that then, it's a goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye from me. And you are very right there, Leanne, loyal to the core. So brilliant. Cheers, everyone. Have a good night, and I will see you soon. Cheers, all. Bye. Bye.